Well, hello, folks, and a welcome to We the People, the American soccer podcast in which you are going to get everything affirmative to know about the U.S. men's national (laughs) soccer team. I like the U.S. men's national soccer team, M.A. Robot. (laughs) No, of course not. I'm Clayton and I'm a rapper. Get out of here, robots. We don't need you. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company called Cantilever. And we just a lot of nads. All the time. All the time. Even when they make us mad. That's, that's, that's. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Is your website a headache for your organization? A slow or hard-to-use website drives customers away, but Cantilever can help. Our dedicated support department can act as your in-house team, handling everything from system upgrades to speed improvements to major design changes. We've been in business since 2011 and have maintained sites for clients like IBM, Esquire Magazine, and Flatiron School. You can access Cantilever's top-notch design and development talent without the cost and overhead of a full-time hire. Plans start at just $2,000 a year, and are customized to suit your needs and budget. To get started with Cantilever, visit cantilever.co slash WTP. That's cantilever.co slash Whiskey Tango Papa. Oh, Lord! What a thrilling gold cup this has been so far. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. One of those shows, people. Buckle up. It's going to be one of them. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to make this uh, as interesting as we can for you. Now, it's always fun uh, to cover the U.S. men's national team, if for nothing else, then the good solid laughs uh, all around. So we don't yes. mind it so much for podcast reasons when they suck and are disappointing because it's still fun to talk about. Right, guys? Right? I think so. I think I so. I feel like we've been, we've been talking about... One of three stories for the last two years. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe we can this, maybe we can get a little creative with our discussion. So thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, and in in spite of the lack of creativity on the field, maybe we can provide it in this here feed. But first, remember, if you just love the Nats and therefore love this show, because can't love one and not the other. It's even possible to love this show without loving the Nats, uh, actually. Um, but but if you if you do happen to love the Nats and the show, why not hit it a five star review? Check it. We got Doctor Joe Matnick, the Doctor Joe Matnick, not impersonated Ish. by anyone, uh, uh, neither of us. It's not one of us impersonating Robot Doctor Joe. We got Robot Doctor Joe. I had some. I had a I I I went uh, to play some pool down in the Lower East Side. Ran into Doctor Joe, and uh, he lost. And and what was the wager on the table was that he would come on the show. So he's going to be on the show, reading reviews. Uh, and uh, so if you if you write something interesting on there, you might hear it read by Doctor Joe. So please do that. Also, if you enjoy um, disappointment, pain, and boredom, check uh, check. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Why not follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod? That's Wilbur Tango Pizza Pod. I've, and I have one special appeal. Oh yeah. As we heat up into these tournaments, where we have two teams who are in the semifinals of their respective tournaments, 
uh, one more impressive than the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's crunch time for for the Nats, and no matter which Nats you're talking about, the the spotlight hasn't been brighter in in years, and the amount of attention on them is increasing match by match. And so, if you encounter people out in the world, or you have a friend who likes the national team, or you you text with your friend about the national team, would you please just let them know about this show? If you like this show, I bet they'll like it too because you're cool and you're friends with cool people. And we would really, really appreciate it if you would spread the word to your network uh, that we out here, we out here podding. <laughs> we out here podding on the daily, <laughs> on weekly. The da- pretty much. It's like every two days it we really, got a show. It really has, so, has been. So we're, we're, we're doing our best for you to, to, to bring you uh, top-notch mediocre coverage and... <laughs> And we're going to keep doing that, and we want to we want to do that for as many people as possible. So please tell a friend right. about the show, and they will love you forever for it. Yeah, they will love you more. This is good for you. This is going to be good for you. You're the one who's in on it. The the hipster soccer podcast pick exactly of exactly. 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 underdogs for life. You feel me? Uh, that's it for housekeeping. All right, folks, the game was, has it been, USA versus Curaçao, the upstart Curaçao making a historic berth into the elimination rounds of the Gold Cup. The only cup anyone's paying attention to right now these days, huh? Not so much. Word. Line them up. We got both gloves for the obvious choice, Manchester City Zach Steffen. You, the, yeah, you can't look past him. There's nobody else even on the radar. We got Walk Long, baby. Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long, center back, pairing from the MLS. Finest the MLS has to offer. On the left side, we've got a very beardy. You know that moment when uh, your beard goes from like a beard, your beardy, to very beardy? To well, like Tim Ream, beardy. Tim yeah. Ream knows that moment. I think it happened in the last week between games. Tim Ream became extremely beardy. It's feathering out. I think that's a that's a rally beard. That's a shutout beard. That's a shutout beard, baby. <laughs> He'll shave it. He'll shave it when we get scored on in the final six times versus Mexico. Five Mexico, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the right side, we got Lima Bean. Nice and Lima soaked. Bean. He's been soaked for a game, and he's plump. Juicy. Uh, <laughs> extra plump back there. In the number full of flavor, full of delicious flavor, very flavorful. In the number six spot, we've got Michael Bradley. In the uh, in the double tens or whatever double eights, we're gonna have your own, the porcelain Polisic, as well as the dark horse Weston McKenney, underappreciated out there. On the in the for our attacking force, we've got what's our what's our acronym here? It's. Uh, P G T Boyd P Boyd Zariola P Boyd Zariola that sounds like a disease or something. <laughs> like... you got the the most mediocre uh cross national attacking three P Boyd Zariola that's polyareola that's nips a, that's something you get if you eat too many lima beans <laughs> Giassi Sardes at striker. Got a bad case of P-Boyd. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, folks. Uh, this game was mega boring. <laughs> mega boring. Just the I most mean, boringest. As, as, a, as a Curacao appreciator, it was exciting 
to see them play so well. That's true. Yeah, if if you're a Curacao fan, this maybe this this was a, a a nail biter potentially because really truly Curacao looked like pulling out at least uh, getting us to extra time and honestly looked the better team on the night. Sad but true, folks. First twenty minutes went perfectly okay for us. We got a we got a third minute sort of uh, awkward strike from Polisic. Which, uh, once again, is really hard to do, and players like Jamie Vardy uh, possess similar skills. And uh, Anyways, the currently unemployed Curacao goalkeeper managed to keep this one out with a nice little save, uh, only to be uh, thwarted uh, about 20 minutes later. In the 25th, Pulisic, step over, step over, juke, juke, perfect little cross. Weston McKenney pops up, nods it home. Trick stick. <laughs> trick stick, trick stick, <laughs> powering up, powering up, special. Uh, Wes McKenney gets his second goal for the Fair Nats. I just love this guy. Uh, everyone does, and everyone should. Weird toothy grin there, looking at Polisic. I, I, I'm not sure what emotion he thinks he's expressing. Yeah, what, what's but, he trying to convey? Yeah, it's like he looked very odd. It was kind of like a Chucky smile. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we we went one Horror up and it, vibes. it was like, yeah. all right, cool, cool. So that 20 minutes was the slow 20 minutes and now we're going to get into this game. Turns out that was the good 20 minutes and uh, Curacao would very methodically uh, find their way back increasingly into this game in such a fashion that by the time the the final whistle did come which it did and we won one nothing but by the time it came curacao has was getting all kinds of chances and if it wasn't for a few like career ending muscle strain injuries because this 11 has been going hard so uh, many careers they're snapping left and right dude very sad and they were all like non-contact like up my shit's pulled i'm done like i just over exhaustion but if it weren't for those man curacao absolutely could have won this game uh there was there was a nice save from zach stefan there were uh, a bunch of finishes that just went a little bit awry it was it was those kinds of situations where people say man a better finisher in that position really puts that away there were a bunch of those like five or six of those and guess what a better finisher gets into an even better position against this team so did not look good uh was not inspiring whatsoever Although we did get to see a little Omar Galaxy right at the end. For a three-back, why not? Let's lock it down. Lock down this lead that we earned. Uh, Sweet win, y'all. Ty, what were your first impressions? Well, we did really get outplayed. It didn't just kind of look like that at times. Unlike, you know, some some moments in the the Trinidad or, or, you know, Panama games where we said, oh boy, this is not looking good. Uh, this was a full 90 minutes where where Curacao just just played better, more more cohesive. I mean, I'll give you some of the stats. Uh, passes 493 to 458, shots on target 5 to 3, total shots 15 to 10. Th- that's not good. That's not good for the US that at home playing against a, a nation that is not only tiny but prefers baseball in general <laughs> to soccer. <laughs> so they're they're a really a really interesting story, and I, I like uh, the what they're doing with Con- in Concacaf. I like the expanded Gold Cup field because it gives teams like this a better shot. Um, but they're basically drawing on the the diaspora, uh, being a, a, a Dutch uh, colony previously. The uh, people from Curacao have, I think, still uh, full Dutch citizenship and can go can kind of like move back and forth Check. quite easily. So they have they have a lot of connections in the Netherlands and a lot of players who've come through those systems and they've they've 
more actively tried to recruit those players from the diaspora and bring them into the fold. And so that's good. I mean, this we're while these are players who are toiling away in you know second divisions in in Europe, um, that is still a increase in the level uh, compared to what we often see from the smaller Concacaf. Uh, nations and it gives the it gives their players a, a platform to become more visible and you know maybe more people discover that that you know Curacao passport or you exists. know great grandparent or oh yeah yeah that people not from Curacao discover that it exists yeah but that they they encourage more of the of the you know expat diaspora community to get involved with the team and and kind of bolster the team which I like um and but from a U.S. perspective, I mean, this was a this was an indictment on on the the process that that Greggy B has been undertaking. Uh, one one of many, uh, just the most recent warning sign that this team ain't getting past Mexico, and unless something really dramatic changes, and this team you know, might it, not it, get it, past Jamaica. It very well might not get past Jamaica. It it didn't last time we played Jamaica. So, so I'm I'm not sure, uh, you know, it, what what you do to to draw a lot of confidence from from this kind of performance, um, but you know, luckily they they made it through. Uh, Stefan pulled off a great save when he needed to, and you know, if I, if this was a game against Costa Rica or a game against Mexico, I would have been thrilled with the, the outcome. But uh, the U.S. just made one of the bottom, you know, I think they're seventieth in the world, made them look like a like a top fifteen nation and that's that's really really worrying really so bad, i yeah. i no, nothing about my sense of this team has really shifted my my sense of the team or the coach i think we're in a bad place we're headed towards a uh we're headed off a cliff here and and he, the coach seems oblivious and doesn't really want to change anything as evidenced by making no changes None. to the original starting lineup that he penciled in a month ago for for his national team, yeah. So uh, so Greg Berhalter quoted as saying that he's he's uh, still figuring out the press and that he's learning a lot about being a national team coach. That's which, nice, but yeah, that's nice. That was my thought, by the way, before these quotes came to light. That that's what was happening. So I suppose I was right uh, about that, which is a nice consolation. Uh, but so he's 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 getting feedback. The players are saying we don't feel comfortable with this press. The press looks like a sack of shit out there. He was also quoted as saying uh, that Polisic and McKenney have a telepathic connection, which is simply not true. They are just both at a higher level than yes. the rest of the team. They're Clayton, they're I had better. the exact same thought. I, it's not, not like verbatim, verbatim. I was like planning yeah, to bring it, this up. It's not telepathy. <laughs> yeah, it's not magic, Greggy B. It's practicing hard. <laughs> it's being better than the field. Being good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. It, so what are you going to do? It looks really bad and it will it can only get worse from here. So here's to hoping that <laughs> uh you know, that that some some people have bright games and make good moves or something like that. I thought Zach Steffen was was as you mentioned a bright spot not only with that save but his distribution at times was really good and he he tried to howler. move the tempo. He had one almost howler. Yes, he did, but he he did his part to get the tempo up. I fear uh, another thing that I fear that we're seeing in this game is actually um the the reality that Bradley's not even good enough potentially for this for this team anymore. Yeah, he, he's he's not not doing a lot to uh, 
vindicate my original position. Yeah, a lot of what Curacao succeeded at happened right at the top of the box there, exchanges that two years ago Bradley was snuffing out left and right like a fucking monster, and I just don't see it. I was hoping I would by this time in the tournament, but I don't know that I ever will again. And it's the perfect situation where you could use someone like an Eric Palmer Brown who... Oh, I would love that. I think is at least as good as Will Trap right now and is four years younger. And also plays for Manchester City, Greg. By the way. <laughs> if that's your criteria. <laughs> yeah. How can we convince you? We'll speak your language, whatever he, it is. It's like, yeah, it's like not only does he actually play for Manchester City as well, just as much as Zach Steffen, but his his not playing for Manchester City is better than playing in MLS. I mean, he's, he's in the Eredivisie, which is a better standard than the MLS. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're talking about a player who, who t- totally qualifies on every, on every conceivable axis to be a senior national team player, but because he hasn't been in front of Greggy B for a long time, he's, he's not getting consideration. The fact that, that we are bringing on Omar Gonzalez in 2019 Seriously. for the last 10 minutes Seriously. of it, to, to lock close it down. out a game, to lock and, it down and you know what's, Curacao. You know what's another fucked up sign is that Miazga got up to warm up about 20 minutes before that, Yeah, and then the decision was shifted to Gonzalez. Nope. What the fuck are you seeing on the field that made that decision for you? What, hap- what changed? Nothing happened. What changed on the field that made you, <laughs> you Greg, decide, oh, 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 nope, I'm seeing some moving pieces out there. We're going to have to adjust and switch over to Omar? It's inexplicable. Now, all this said, all this said, I, I did see some signs of something going on. All right, what'd you see? Team. It was very, very limited. But I, I saw a couple situations where um, the, uh, the wingers and the fullbacks uh, interchanged. So we had, we had situations where, you know, due to a play occurring, it was sort of advantageous for the fullback to stay up, and so the, the winger would, would slot into the fullback spot. I like that. I'm down with that. We saw a little bit of uh, three at the back, either, either orientation, either with, um, with Reem and, the, and, and Walk Long, Reem Walk Long, or we had uh, Walk Bradley Long. Long, right. long Bradley walk. That's <laughs> a long, a long Mike walk. <laughs> and, long Mike walk, and uh, that that I'm a big fan of. I, I I love that method actually, where you use the the six to to give you more width. Nothing nothing revolutionary, uh, but I think that suits our personnel very well, um, and the kinds of you know the kinds of talent that we tend to be good at producing. Um, so I think the, the those are those are positive. Seeing seeing a little bit of something going on that was unusual, but it wasn't cohesive. It wasn't a game plan. I'm like I'm I'm really honestly lost. Like what what has changed so much in the Berhalter era from game one, where it's this like rigid machine of like the clearest and 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 actually very effective tactical shape. Where where like the, these roles are really really well defined. It seems like everybody knows what they're doing, and it's just totally detangled. It's total pudding out there. I think he it's just pudding. got confused. Honestly. Maybe he's confused, or maybe it, I'm wondering if it's a sign that like the players aren't down and they like they just don't want to. You know they don't they don't really want to like devote themselves to to, um, 
whatever implementing his his game plan all right something's going something's deeply wrong something is something is deeply wrong um we i mentioned earlier early early going into the gold cup that i thought this wasn't going to go well and that uh berhalter was going to struggle through last for too long as the coach and uh that i would sadly once again like with jurgen get to the point where i was hoping that things went poorly for the nats so that the guy would get fired um my my views on that have not changed i've not been proven wrong yet Ty and I got into a very interesting discussion off the air about some of the more macro problems going on with U.S. soccer. And in lieu of an interesting game to discuss, and just because things are developing pretty much as we thought they would, uh, we thought we might just take a step back in this ep and talk a little bit about how the fuck we got here. So there was an interesting observation or that, that, some, that something that some of you may already have noticed. I guess Ty was explaining to me that this is going around the Internet. But can you, can you tell me and the people uh, what's going on with this Glassdoor website situation with U.S. soccer? Yeah. So Glassdoor is a website where you can go and review your employer. And one thing that we often forget is that the U.S. Soccer Federation is a is a, a company. I mean, it's a, it's it's a nonprofit that has about two hundred people that they work in Chicago. Uh, many many fine wonderful folks who I've had the pleasure of meeting over the years covering this team. Um, but it kind of gets lost in the idea that you're looking at the team. You know, you think of the team as uh, as the product, you know, or the the organization. But in reality, the, the the people behind the team are what's you know perhaps creating e- even more effect on what actually happens on the field. Right. Um, so we it's it's been coming out. It's sort of heated up over the last couple months. It's unclear exactly why this has started to happen, but more and more people have been uh, going hitting up Glassdoor to leave their honest review of what it was like to work at the U.S. Soccer Federation. And it's not pretty. Uh, I, I can just kind of report report some facts. You know, just no no editorializing. I'll just give you uh, a score here. So uh, overall, we've got a a three point one star score, which is a Yelp restaurant I am not visiting. Uh, we have a thirty four percent recommend to a friend rate. That's bad. 34% of your employees would say, yes, friend, come work here with me. <laughs> and we have a 15% approve of CEO rating. The CEO being Dan Flynn. 15%. Now, I am an employer. I am the CEO of a company. Uh, Glassdoor attracts extreme opinions, right? So like, most people who are just like I'm, you know, relatively happy, aren't going to come on here and say, "Yes, I'm relatively happy." Uh, so you get you get the most vitriolic or the the most upset people coming onto sites like this. But even even with that context, these are alarming numbers about the the patterns and and the treatment internally. Um, so there are a, a couple patterns within the uh, within the feedback. 
Um, as reported by Soccer America, they, they got at least four that used the word toxic in reference to the environment. Uh, uh, one, one reviewer noted, talented people are getting crushed by this organization left and right, mainly because of being overworked, underpaid, and treated incredibly poorly by upper management. So, and it, a lot of the reviews also reference the, the reality that this is such a peach job, you know, to be able to say that you work for U.S. soccer is such a great thing. And it's so attractive, especially to people who are kind of just coming out of school. And it seems like there's a pattern of those people getting paid very, very little to work a ton and then eventually burning out and leaving. Uh, and that's 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 scary. So we're, we're dealing with an organization that uh, has, uh, you know, it's hard to say what's going on internally, um, but it's clear that things aren't right in that sense either. You know, you don't, you don't have a workforce here. That's that, that seems satisfied with the way that things are running. Yeah. Something a little wrong going there. And just once again, us soccer, we'd love to be friends. If you have a side of the story that you'd like to share with us, we want to cover that. Okay. Totally. This is what we got. So if there's anyone out there from us soccer feeling a little bit, uh, you know, miffed about the way in which we are about to portray to the best of our abilities, you know, accurately your, your organization, please come on the show, talk to us, explain it to us. But yes, but okay. That being said, Ty, you mentioned a story to me about, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann and how he ended up, uh, staying on with the team after a failed gold cup. Do you feel comfortable sharing that? I do, I do. So this is this is coming from a, a story called Own Goal, the inside story of how the US M&T missed the 2018 World Cup, which is t- total required reading for anyone who enjoys this team. <laughs> who hates because the you have to right confront. <laughs> you have to confront the realities of the the mistakes that went into this colossal failure. Uh, and it's uh, it's on a publication called The Ringer, and it's written by by two gentlemen, Andrew Helms and Matt Pence, who did a fucking fantastic job, I got to say. This is like a this is like a 30,000 page piece word mega piece. <laughs> 30,000 pages. 30,000 page it's mega the, words. It's the Mueller report. <laughs> it's the it's it, it, I Clayton, I kid you not. It is the Mueller report when it comes to US soccer. <laughs> okay. Now, one great tidbit from this report uh is regarding uh the aforementioned Dan Flynn who um who unfortunately suffers from some health problems and he's had uh, heart issues for, for many years. And so the story emerge, emerges that after that loss to Guatemala, do you remember that in the, the, the uh, pre-qualifying round of, of world cup qualifying last cycle, they, they went away to Guatemala and they lost. And then like, a couple, so that that left the U.S. with like a sixty percent chance of qualifying for the World Cup or something. It was like it was getting dicey in the pre-round, um, and uh, right around that time, the Olympic team also lost to Colombia and was like nowhere close. And so, in the wake of those events, the brain trust at U.S. Soccer, including including your boy Sunil, were ready to pull the trigger and fire Klinsman. And apparently there was a press release. As were we. That, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, as were we. Uh, I think that, you know, if that wasn't our breaking point, our breaking point was was earlier than that. Um, the press release was written. This was ready to go. Day of, uh, Dan Flynn finds out that he can get a heart transplant. 
So a heart, a heart has become available, and he needs to go now to go get a heart transplant. And the earliest he can possibly return to work is eight weeks. And so he goes and goes to get this heart transplant, and no one at U.S. Soccer Which, feels to be clear, real, real, just to be real clear, so happy that Dan Flynn's heart transplant became available. Okay? Absolutely. Uh, take off right now. Get out of the office. Go get take care of that. that. Totally. Take but care of that. In the eight weeks that followed, nothing eight, happened. Right. So what, what basically happens is that in the absence of, of Dan, uh, no one, including Sunil, felt the ability to make this choice to, to pull the trigger and actually fire Klinsman. And so Klinsman stayed. And the, the, uh, that eight-week time frame became essentially... A, a series of escalating reasons to not fire him, you know, games coming up, etc., which leads to him taking charge in the first round of the hex, which we will all remember as the uh, why the hell are we playing three at the back for the first time in two years against Mexico at home, uh, lost to Columbus. Jurgen's playing that. with house money. He's like he's like Walter White at the end of Breaking Bad. He just he, I've already at this been point, fired. Yeah, at this point he's like I can't. They they tried to fire me. They didn't fire me. I can't get fired. All my ideas exactly. are awesome. Yeah. Well, we, we had, Clayton, if you recall, we had a running joke at that time that all these things that Klinsman w- was doing were him trying to get fired so that he <laughs> could get paid out for the rest of his contract, <laughs> which in retrospect sounds much less like comedy and yeah. more like reality. It might actually have been that way. <laughs> so, so all this, all this is to say that, that, that when, is to say two things. The first is that when we... Look at this team. This goes for Ty and myself, and it goes for you, the listener. Don't overthink it. If it looks dumb, it is dumb. There's not <laughs> something going on that, that, that we... There are things going on that we're not privy to, but they're not reasons, you know, good reasons why decisions are being made. They are, they're, you know, it turns out that they're good reasons why this organization isn't functioning properly. So don't overthink it if you are wondering, you know, why is this roster choice being made? And you think maybe it's because Greg only sees MLS players. No, that can't be. Actually, he's the national team coach. Of course, he watches hours of tape on uh, Alfredo Morales. Right. He's come to an educated opinion. It turns out that it is probably as simple as it looks, that he is unable to process the skills of players outside of the MLS. It's actually probably that simple. Sad, but true. The we're, other we're starting reason, to trend in that direction. Yeah. yeah. The other reason we bring all this up is to point out that this federation, which we, we've spoken mainly about the men's team, it's had colossal fuck-ups with the women's team that we haven't even, we can't even get into right now, but colossal fuck-ups, major fuck-ups. Yeah, like when they were complaining about playing on turf, all the time and saying someone's going to get hurt and then Mal Pugh does her ACL on the fucking turf. Attention please. It has come to our knowledge that a mistake has been made. It was not Mal Pugh who quote did her ACL end quote. It was of course Megan Rapino. She's such a badass. We're talking about a federation of not that many people, 
okay, a company that is the the FIFA acknowledged U.S. soccer body. Now, our question is, what if there was another option? What if another company, okay, was was started and was funded and reached out to the players of note on both the men's and women's team and exhibited a, a propensity to do a better job than this federation? What would happen then? And is it possible? Is it possible? Let's dream for a second. <laughs> that, that we could, that we meaning the collective we, that uh, us as the body of U.S. soccer fans, up from us, the outlaws, the, the we the peeps, you know, us, is it possible? The future is us. That a company could rise to power that could coup this U.S. soccer federation. And I, for one, would like to say that I think it's very possible. Now, the, the, this women's team is the greatest women's team in the world, without a doubt. Regardless of how things play out, it's a tournament. But they are currently and historically... Definitely the best. ...the greatest women's soccer team on the planet. And this men's team is absolute fucking garbage. <laughs> this women's Trash. team is paid like <laughs> shit. This men's team is paid pretty fucking well. <laughs> so what if you gave the women's team money... And the men's team, a good coach, a good structure, a good uh, foundation from which, what if you could tell, so you could say to the women's team, we're going to quadruple your salary and then have a meeting with Pulisic, Weston McKenney, and Tyler Adams and say, we're going to win the World Cup in 2026 and say, all you got to do the, the XFL strategy is switch allegiance money at these guys. Yeah. to the We the Peeps <laughs> U.S. soccer. National federation let's coo these motherfuckers fuck this shit why is it <laughs> why is it that this ridiculously uh uh recalcitrant is that the right use of the word or, organization has complete control complete power over it's this a, game that word. we know and it's a word over this game that we know and love in this country why is it that and and wouldn't it be the most american thing of all to have another company rise up and say, you're blowing it and coo the shit out of these assholes. Fuck this. Bold statement. Seems possible. There's, there's some, there's some things that have to happen, but it does seem possible. But however, more realistically, and because, you know, I just want to especially say how brilliant and wonderful the press people are, U.S. (laughs) soccer and how just like, outstandingly competent they are i'm not even i'm not even kidding they actually are like phenomenally competent so it's not i i feel like the the bulk of the organization is just kicking ass and doing their best but when things are are wacky at the top you got these power struggles and you have all these competing incentives and you have you know one other one other thing about the federation is that there's this very strange relationship with soccer united marketing uh, and, and, uh, MLS of course. And so there's this like triangle of competing slash, uh, complementary interests that drive a lot of the decisions that we see, like the turf thing, let's say, um, where, you know, the, the revenue numbers that are possible in different situations or different cities 
Or like there was that that um, qualifier that was played in New York. Remember the Costa Rica qualifier mm-hmm. I went to? And mm-hmm. you go, there's no reason at all why this should be played in New York. And, you know, there is some crazy reason why that happened. You know, there's some deal, some handshake that was that was that happened behind closed doors that no one will ever know about until, you know, the ringer writes about it again. Uh, like, like breaking down the, the varied machinations behind all these strange decisions. Um, and so I think, I think absolutely you have to start by, by looking at leadership and, you know, Sunil, Sunil's moved on. Uh, we respect and appreciate, enjoy everything that, that Sunil did for the, for the Federation. Cause I mean, without him, there is no Federation. Uh, and we are very appreciative of that. Um, but you know, it takes, it's a, it's a lot different muscle to, you know, uh, to, to run something in this form as it was to run that, you know? Um, and Dan Flynn, uh, due to health is moving on from being CEO. So there's now sort of a, uh, you know, a question as to who is going to be in charge, whether it'll be Greggy B's brother, JB uh, or, or someone else. Um, and so, you know, I would hope that this creates an opportunity with, with, you know, new leadership to, to switch things up. But I mean, I really haven't seen anything in the Carlos Cordero era to say that this stuff's changing. Um, and you know, so I, I, one way or another, we, we do need to push for, uh, continued change at the top. And a lot of that comes just from attention and just from, people giving a damn about this team and listening to shows like this and sharing it with their friends and, you know, being, being a part of actually putting pressure on these people to make more sensible decisions. Because like back in, back in the early two thousands, you know, they could put the world cup qualifier wherever the hell they wanted. And, you know, whether it works out or not, um, I don't think the volume of criticism or the, the, just the sheer amount of people who actually notice was as high, you know what I mean? Like all, all the decisions they made in world cup qualifying in 1988 were not scrutinized anywhere near the degree that today's are. Right. So, so that's, that's the only weapon we have really aside from creating Clayton's pirate federation (laughs) is, is, is making our voices heard and being a part of this, this, uh, this community in a very like vocal and open way and yeah, go to games and boo. Like if if the coach yeah. is doing stupid stuff and you're paying fifty fucking dollars to to watch a C team in you know in a football stadium with eight thousand people, yeah, boo. That's a really shitty situation. Like this this is not right. The, the things are not moving as well as they could, you know. And despite that, what's crazy is despite that, this game gets better and better in this country. It really does. Like this, this particular oh, yeah. team aside, you know, the fact that we have a Polisic and a Weston and a Tyler Adams all at once, all 20 years old, all about to take over Europe. I mean, it's like, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. So there's yeah. so much potential for this, for this thing to just explode if it just has the right decisions being made and, and more sensible um, approach. So be a part of it, you know, get, get involved. That's what we said after the Trinidad loss. And we're, we're going to keep beating that drum. Like the more you, the more you make your voice heard, the more likely it will be that things actually do happen. That's right. And if you think it's too much effort, just, uh, just think about me recording with two different hosts, trying to, 
trying Slaving to somehow away. fucking editing these shits. You know, this shit doesn't just happen, okay? We do it for you, and we love you, and we love you this get, team. You get a great Glassdoor review from me. <laughs> 100% approves of editing. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, folks. Uh, I really like it when you're when you're uh, when you get sc- when you when you get a quick screen uh, in in a regular sort of pedestrian life. So so there's someone can set a pick on a basketball field. Skirt, as it were. Did he just say basketball field? S M H. But occasionally. A perfect pick is set for you as you're trying to make a quick walk down the sidewalk. And I really appreciate that, purely by happenstance. I like freedom, you know? I love freedom. I love the freedom of, of motion, freedom with my time. And I love how the Curacao players went straight up AWOL when they decided that their, uh, that their clubs were more important. And, and that's freedom too, so good on you. And I also f- think that uh, pre-mixed uh, smoothies are not that good because what I really like is a smoothie made from fresh or frozen separate ingredients. It's important to me. But I don't like any of that shit as much as I genuinely love the gnats. Goodbye, people. Keep your heads high. We need each and every one of you. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Just get ready for the sad pod when we go out of the gold cup. Yeah. Just be ready for it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, will it be next time? We'll see. <laughs> will it? It might. We'll see. We'll see. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Okay, I, I remembered something. This is a little bit of show nostalgia. Um, when we started the show for the 2015 Gold Cup, remember this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, listening, we're going, I'm listening. We're going into the semi at home against Jamaica. We schedule our show for the final. We're uh... like, when, when are you going to be free to record that final preview? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, the places you will and, go. Uh, one uh, Guzan plus refereeing incident later here we are (laughs) which is the yeah that was the inciting incident that's why we never we never planned ahead in a tournament ever again that's why for this for this entire which is why i'm in this ridiculous situation of every week planning both the world cup and the gold cup games exactly coordinating massive logistics (laughs) that's because we care so much and we done jinx this shit before and we're not gonna do it ever again (laughs) never ever again so, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to you after the Jamaica game, you know? Well, either way, after the Jamaica game, yeah, we're recording. And then we'll, we'll see what there. happens this summer. And we'll see what happens later in the summer. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> there's, a certain su- there's a Sunday next week that has two FIFA finals scheduled for it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we'll let you know after the Jamaica game. So we'll let you know. <laughs> but shout out to anybody who actually listened to that show. Oh, yeah. After, yeah. We, after we lost that Gold Cup match to Jamaica, all like 12 of you who listened to that. <laughs> Been there from, from day one. Yeah. You have, you have, a, you have a, a special place in Clayton's Pirate Federation. 
Yeah, that's right. Straight gonna, to senior management. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we're going to make yeah. all the same mistakes. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, love exactly. you, so you're in. Sheer nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, I'll be CEO, which means you can be head coach. I want to be the creative director. <laughs> yeah. Where's Swami Jurgen fitting in here? <laughs> Swami's the youth coach. Youth coach, yeah. <laughs> the biggest, the saddest thing about our pirate federation is that we'll never get Tab. He's too loyal. Yeah, and and comp, like uh, actually smart and intelligent. So I think Swami Jurgen can cover any number of youth national teams. That's his, the big benefit of Swami Jurgen <laughs> is that he has no body. Yeah, yeah he's, exactly. He's just an ephemeral being. So, right. It's, he's somewhat omnipotent. He's he's omnipotent, but doesn't actually know all that much. <laughs> he, can t- he can talk to you any anywhere, yeah. but not about many things. <laughs>